In this episode of The Stack, we talk about things you should watch out for with mixed content, video reporting, and an update to the HubSpot mobile app. Welcome to another episode of The Stack, the weekly podcast where we talk about the latest trends uh, in the world of sales, marketing, and tech. I'm your, I'm one of your hosts, Tim Staberski. Ryan Sylvester. And I'm Kelsey Miller. And we are here for episode number 70. 70. Holy crap. The big oh. seven zero. Big seven zero. I hope to live that long. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> today, guys, what are we talking about today? So we have a few things. First one is mixed content issues. So Google made an announcement. When was this? Monday? No, October 3rd. So that was Friday, I think, or Thursday. Yeah, late last week. Like late last week. <laughs> After we recorded last week's episode of The Stack. <laughs> right. So they're going to be rolling out this default security notification. It's not really a notification, but it's ensuring searchers and users that their, your website is loading all secure elements. And what that means is you can be loading your HTML, like your main HTML, main website over HTTPS, which is a secure connection but you could be triggering some mixed content in the console, which is you're loading images, videos, um, style sheets from an insecure HTTP connection, and that is what's triggering the mixed content. This isn't rolling out immediately. It's going to be slowly rolling out, and what it means for you, you need for to- For you. And oh, me. And Kelsey and everyone else out there that has a website, <laughs> is that you need to audit all of your resources, just make sure this is, this is something that can be done. We, I primarily get this information from SEM rush. Yeah. But even, I think even if you don't have access to like a paid tool, the lighthouse, Google's lighthouse, lighthouse audit, audit will, yeah, we'll give it will show you on a, like on a, a web page basis. Yeah. Um, I if believe you have it's those also issues. in search console. I'd have to check on that. I'm not sure. I'm assuming it is, but what, what this means is that it will notify a searcher once they land on your page, like, Hey, this is not secure content. Like that could be, you know, that it, it would definitely impact me. Like if I was going to go to a website and says, Hey, you're loading a whatever insecure resource. I'm not going to go to that page. I yeah, always this, go back when that happens. Yeah, yeah. This is, so this is the next logical step from Google's big push to HTTPS, right? which you know, has been in the works for the last couple of years. The first move is just making sure your website is on, is loading on HTTPS. So if you haven't done that, get on that ASAP. Um, I know I I have to do that on a, a little side project of mine. <laughs> and then beyond that, like Ryan said, you want you want to take a look at everything that you're loading, um, sort of like secondarily your various scripts, your images if you're using a CDN, your forms could be loading from an insecure third party, and and that's probably the most important because that's that's when people are sharing their data. Um, is if they're interacting with your form. So if your forms are not on a non-HTTPS, then then you should really get on that quickly. One but in the, general, sorry, no. In in general, like Ryan said, anytime you get a, an, a security notification in the top of your screen when you land on a page, you're probably not going to trust it. So right, right. This can usually be fixed. So if we're talking about WordPress sites, if you are loading. Let's say you embedded an iframe somewhere on a web page and the source link is from HTTP colon double backslash whatever. You can just go in and add an S. That usually gets rid of the problem. And it's not like a slick workaround. That's usually what you have to do unless you go and replace the full link. But most of the time, the the, the updated link is just going to have that S there. 
Yeah, usually they exist already. Double check it. That way you don't break anything, but usually that's that's the fix. And that's, correct me if I'm wrong, but that would be something. I think where people are going to get the most hung, hung up, the most hung up is probably just like you have to go into your theme. Or, or like you have to go into into the the, the back end work. Yeah, you have to go. Into, yeah. yeah. So like, if you're if you run a lighthouse audit on a blog post and it says, hey, you have some mixed content on here, you're gonna have to go in, edit that post, go to the text version, figure out where that code is, and just audit that link and say, okay, is this link has this destination changed? Like, so has the have they appended anything or changed anything in the slug? If they haven't. And they've also transferred their website over to a secure connection. You just add an S, and you're good. But that's so that's beyond just what's in the post, though. It's also like if if it's something baked into your code, like if oh, it's your oh, forms, right, right, right. or if it's a, right. the way that the images are called, or your right. scripts. Right. Sorry. Um, yeah. You'll have to go into the. I thought you were talking about like. Well, no, one-offs. it's both. It's both. So yeah. if if you're specifically referencing a, a, a non HTTPS mm-hmm. resource within a post, you'll have to update it there. But on a deeper level, which would probably resolve the bulk of your issues, would yeah, be totally. if it's um, in your theme. That's yeah, you could knock out thousands of of mixed totally. content issues with a simple S. <laughs> stuff stuff that I run into most of the time is one off things. Something I ran into recently was HubSpot CTAs loading mixed content, which was weird. But you know, you change one and you change them all, so it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty quick and easy. So it sounds scarier than it is, but if you ever need any help. Drop me a line or tweet me or tweet Pepperland or Tim or Kelsey or whatever. Yeah, my 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 Twitter <laughs> handle is at Tim. No, it's not. No, no it's, it's not. not. But yeah, definitely cool. So watch out for that. Cool. And the next one. So you're gonna this this is titled New Reports for Video Results in Search Console. This is coming from the Webmaster Central blog. I haven't read this. I looked at it and it sounds pretty helpful. Yeah, so they already have some metrics in Search Console that you can kind of analyze your videos and such. Uh, this does two things. First thing is that it makes it more accessible so you don't have to do like some filtering to get these metrics. So you have it like right there in the search. Uh, what do they call it? I can't remember what they call it. Hang on, I'm looking. Search from the main search results tab? Is that search right? results tab, search insights, whatever. Yeah. But the the main thing that it does is it gives you a breakdown of errors, much like the coverage report. So if you're going in and saying submitted URL has crawl issue, like that's a coverage report for your URL. This is going to give you markup errors. So a lot of people are using markup to give more context to the searcher. Mm -hmm. Google will populate that in the search results. Then they can use that to decide, hey, I want to click on that or not. So this is going to give people using markup some pretty cool insights that they didn't really have before so that they can give more context to the searcher. I think this is important because markup, schema, all that stuff has come up time and time again. And I think Google is going to be leaning into it more and more. I, th- I think that's pretty obvious, but um, I haven't done a ton of it. I haven't really seen it done a lot. As much as I would expect for the amount of... Use cases? Yeah, well, yeah. not even used, but just like the amount of news that surrounds it. Mm. Yeah. I just haven't seen it that much. So I don't know. But it's pretty cool. Video and markup, definitely two areas where Google's leaning into. So, yeah. I'll be honest. So, looking into this, I'm a little less excited than I was originally. I thought that this was a report similar. You know how um, when Google rolled out the Discover yeah. thing, 
and specify in within Search Console, there's a, a special discover report so you can see how often you're being discovered in discover. <laughs> I was thinking that this was something similar with video. So you would specifically see how often your videos were being um, mm-hmm. either pulled into the you know a video carousel or a video um, discover option or something like that, which to me was feels really helpful. Obviously you have access to that data, but it, be cool to have it all in one place. So that's yeah, what this, I thought this was. This it's is, not. Yeah, this is bucketed <laughs> under the enhancements yeah. reporting, which includes AMP pages and mobile usability. So it'll be underneath that bucket. And rightfully so, it fits in with those types of things because it, Exa- is, yeah. it is a coverage report for videos. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. No, I but just. But with that, you get more accessibility to, you know, you don't have to put as many filters in there, which is cool. Yeah. So I just. Tim just can't be thought, happy with anything. I just no, thought it was something yeah. that it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Had some relationships like that. Wow. Wow. Okay, moving <laughs> on. Next one. So this one is from our friends over at HubSpot. Um, and it's, they've been rolling out a lot of new stuff um, past couple of months since Inbound. This one I'm pretty excited about. It, you know, the name of the announcement, is the title of the announcement is Respond to, uh, Respond to Conversations on the Go with Email and Facebook Messenger in the HubSpot mobile app. And essentially what they're announcing is there's some new functionality within the HubSpot mobile app where in the past, if you wanted to respond to a conversation, you could only respond to live chats from your customers within the mobile app. On desktop, you can respond to emails and uh, messenger conversations all all from within the and, desktop yeah, app. Anything linked up to your yeah. inbox. But the mobile app had it was just more limited in that functionality. And now that is no longer the case. So just... You know, for us, we're pretty much hardwired into our desktops during the day. But whenever we get on the road, we have to go somewhere and it's hard to work in a car on your laptop. Like having that functionality, especially when you get when When we drove to New York that one time for the SEM Rush event, you were hurting in the backseat. I, for everyone out there who's not aware, I... One, fall asleep on long road trips, and two, get extremely motion sick if I read while driving. So, well, I hope you wouldn't read while driving, Kelsey. I hate you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the uh, so the mobile app has this new functionality, really helpful if you're on the go, really helpful for sales teams who are always on the go. You know, meeting meeting new uh, meeting prospects, having sales meetings, just all around a lot more actionable. So always a good thing. It drives the delight too. Like when you, now that it's easily accessible, like if you're, you know, just sitting down for dinner after work and you get like a quick live chat or Facebook message or whatever, you don't have to go to three different applications to answer this one question. You can quickly respond to a customer or potential customer to solve a problem. It's just, it, it backs into HubSpot's continuous drive to delight their customers. Yeah. And then you are back to dinner with your family faster, which makes them happy. You're back to binge watching episode uh, season two of stranger things. So you can prepare for the upcoming season four. You're behind. I am behind, but anyway, definitely cool. cool. Yeah. I like that. App of the week. I'm really excitedly scared for this one. What's this one called? Excitedly scared. Yeah. Ryan, have you not heard of pens before? Okay. So <laughs> Inc. is it's an online AI content optimization platform. And it gives you real time 
content suggestions. It has a drag and drop image compression, SEO insights, spelling and grammar supports multiple key phrases. It's like every SEO content. What do we have? What's SEM rushes? Uh, content something checker on page checker. Yeah. Where it will, it will audit your, the content that you're writing in there. Anyways, really cool. Their video is like their, their promo video is like, gets me really pumped up, even (laughs) though I'm not like the biggest writer, but it's for people that don't have a, a huge SEO background. This is really cool because it, it, the image optimization, the SEO insights, it, it prompts you to fill out like alt tags and image descriptions and like little things that, Maybe the average content writer or, you know, journalist or freelancer or whatever wouldn't think about. It also has a WordPress integration. And right now it's free. I don't know how it can stay free. So definitely check it out and download it. I haven't personally tested it out because my computer has been giving me issues and I was afraid to download (laughs) anything else. But I've watched all the videos on their website and looked at all the features and it seems really cool. Yeah, it's so it's like having a built-in SEO checklist. You know, if you yeah. are if you're if if you have if you're if you're a company and you have someone on your team who, you know, they, they're an SEO. They they go in and they know how to go in and optimize content and that's great. But let's say you have a, a team of five or six product developers and you want them involved in the content creation process. They're not writers. They're not search engine optimization experts. They're, they're, their expertise is in your product. With a tool like this, they can still you can still be confident that they are creating content that is capable of being crawled by Google and rendered and indexed without, you know, needing to go back and do a whole second pass, you know, whether that's with from yourself or from, from an outside expert or, or whatever. It's just, you know, one, one more step to, towards making your website the best possible version of itself that it can be. It's by no means going to replace the kind of SEO work that will always have to happen, but it's, it's nice little reminders, like Brian said, about yeah. the, yeah. the alt alt text. I mean, if you know, are you hitting your minimum word count to be seen as valuable from Google? Things like that. Yeah. I think it's definitely a step in a really solid direction, mm-hmm. but just like Tim said, the amount of time and effort that goes into keyword research, I think for right now and for a long time will never be made up by artificial intelligence or right. an app or whatever. Yeah. Um, so even so though, I'm, I'm definitely going to try this out. I think it would be helpful just to see from like the writing side versus the SEO side. Just yeah. See, um, you know, what kind of little things you can change. Maybe, you know, and maybe the application here is you have a freelance team. Yeah. And, you know, they, you don't know their skill level or comfortability with any of this stuff. And maybe this is like a cool application to lead them to and to use. And it might turn your editing process into a little bit more of a efficient yeah workflow there. So yeah. it's really cool. Check it out. Uh, that brings us to the lightning round. What? Oh, and I was going to say, um, the website for that is inkforall.com. It's not yeah. just ink.com, which is what I thought it was going to be. So just figured I'd throw that out ink there. Inkforall, yeah. yeah. Yep. It'll be linked to in the show notes. Yep. Uh, number one on the lightning round, Google solution to search results dominated by FAQ schema. You actually put this in our chat. I, I didn't did. read it. 
So basically what this article is saying, so we, we were just chatting about schema and markup a little bit mm-hmm. before, but basically FAQ schema sets up an article to display in results as it shows up as a block with the question and then several like drop down menus below it with the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the solution to not having the entire SERP bombarded with these FAQ yeah. schemas is Google's now limiting it to three per page. Three, three drop per, downs per per SERP per schema. Three FAQs per SERP. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was three of the questions per website. No, you're, no. I'm confusing everyone. Yeah. You're right. Okay. No. <laughs> three FAQs per search results page. Yep. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Number two, Supreme Court allows blind people to sue retailers if their websites are not accessible. That's cool. I mean, like, yeah. it's just one more reason why you have to make sure you're checking the accessibility of your website. And that's one of the biggest things that when we are doing audits and whatnot, uh, we see is just like, you know, and it's it's things you don't necessarily think of because you, if you're not, if you're not regularly working with someone who is visually impaired, you might not think about how your font color needs to be different, different enough from the background color to be visible. I mean, it's, it's a small thing, but it's an important thing. Right. Yeah. Even things like alt text on your images is incredibly important yeah. to yeah. people who are visually impaired. Things like that can, I mean, they're, it's best practice for SEO anyway, but it's yeah. incredibly yeah. important for this purpose as well. Totally. Uh, number three, Google My Business Photo supports GIFs on mobile. I am so pumped for this. I like it. Oh, that's it. Okay. I'm interested to see what it looks like. No one matched my enthusiasm. Number four, Facebook to pay $40 million under proposed settlement in video metrics suit. Okay. Yeah. I, I it's just like another, about- you know, do you remember back like when we were first starting to do the podcast and it was like week after week, there was a Facebook Nothing scandal. but Facebook, yeah. This is the <laughs> first one that's been, well, maybe not the first one, first one that has gotten any kind of coverage like it used to. In yeah months so i figured i include it but you know it's just one of those things all right side note instagram is getting rid of the um you can see what people are liking i don't know what it's called i think it's following if you go to the likes tab you can see who liked your page and if you swipe to the right you can see who people you're following and what they had liked they're getting rid of that just so everyone knows oh yeah. okay I, okay i've never used that functionality so i won't miss it is that in in instagram for business or just Everyone. the personal account. And that's okay. what they had said is like no one was using it. Yeah. I I didn't I really know what it was until I read the article. So anyways. Uh, On a related note, I do, I know, so I know there was talk about Instagram possibly getting likes. rid of the likes thing. I've right. been seeing more about that also possibly being on Facebook too. Why? I don't, hmm. I don't really, and I, I'm sure I could read into it. I just don't understand the application. I think the the reason is like the the person who cares most about the likes is the publisher. They want to know whether or not the content they're creating is having an impact on their their audience. So like that functionality is still there. Like you will still know whether or not your post got X likes or or whatnot and whether it was having that impact. But what value does it have for me as like a middle schooler with no friends to see that, you know, Kelsey over there got 400,000 likes on her post gotcha. about a grilled cheese sandwich and yeah. me posting about yeah. my black bean spaghetti gluten-free alternative only got like half a like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes well. sense. Like that's, that's the, thi- <laughs> I, I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but like, that's the thinking. 
take it as I, I don't care either way personally. Number five, Google is testing search results without URLs. I don't I don't really even know how to feel about it. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. That as someone who pays attention to slug from a web page, I think I would be upset if I couldn't see the URL. But as a day-to-day, no, I'm like as as it just like my mom. My mom is not going to care about the URL disappearing in the search yeah. results page. Right. I mean, looking at the image that uh, Search Engine Journal included in here, I almost wouldn't even notice it right away. So but that might just be me. Here's my take on why I don't like it. So I see, I see in in the image, there's still like the little bit of a breadcrumb trail that's showing yeah. you sort of where yeah. like where you're right. situated. But it feel to me, it feels like one more example of Google sort of taking credit for other people's work. Like if you're removing that that URL from being visible, there's even less of sort of that subtle cue that, okay, this is from someone else. And it's almost like you could get to the point where it's like, oh, this is from Google becomes less of a discrepancy between like what was from Google, what's an ad, what's from a, a, a you know, a, a ranking website makes me a little ner- a little uncomfortable. I'm not a fan. Thinking about it more. I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm not sure that like, I'm wondering how it will affect authority in the future. If, if you're not seeing like dot edu in there. That's or a really good dot point. org. Yeah. And it's also like, cause you're, you're thinking you have to think too. There's some, um, there are some brands like Inc. So Inc, we were just talking about them. Their URL is Inc for all, but their brand name is Inc. So that sets up its own sorts of problems when, because you see the brand name, mm-hmm. but the, if it doesn't directly correspond to the, the, the domain, what the URL is, mm-hmm. it causes, it can cause um, a disconnect when the, the clicker <laughs> clicks through. <laughs> Um, but also, I don't know, could cause like some legal issues. Maybe if someone wants to be to, if, if one company wants to be especially litigious and go after you for, uh, you know, using their name. Yeah. I don't know. It just, a lot of it makes me nervous. Going back to what Kelsey had said about like removing the .org or .edu. I know a lot of the time when I do keyword research, I'll say, you know, let's say it is for an education, you know, university or college. Yep. I'll look at the search results page and I'll say, okay, are there other EDUs here? Right. Do I belong here? Do I want to rank on this page? And with the removal of that, I could hover and look in the lower left-hand corner to see what the URL is, but it's going to take me- It's just extra you know, steps that don't really need to be exactly. there. Exactly. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm also thinking now too about, I mean, I don't know. There's so much information in in a URL because uh, now like, okay- I'm in America. I do a search. I see, I'm, I'm used to seeing things that are .com because I'm in America. But like right. if you're in the UK, you're going to see .uk. If you're in Australia, you're going to see .au. A-U. Yeah. Um, Germany .de. We'd have to go through all of them. Um, yeah, I get it. It's just like, <laughs> for the most part, I think Google's going to be, I mean, Google's pretty good at serving you the version of a website that you need to see based on your location. But it's, I, I don't know. There's just. We Sometimes, don't like it. though, like I I will be served things for our, that are .uk, yeah. and it might not serve the purpose of mm. what I'm actually searching for. So You forget how much information is in a URL. Here's something yeah. else. When a URL is sloppy, like I look at that. 
in in the search results yeah. page, and I will purposefully not click on it. Yeah. Because yeah. they need to clean up their URL. So I think overall we're all in agreement that we don't like this. <laughs> so hopefully it's just a test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. If you like this episode of The Stack, please leave us a review. Uh, let us know. Go to our website and sign up for the email. We send out the show notes after every show, and it gives you a chance to review us, and we'll send you some free stuff. And that's pretty much it. Anything else, Tim? Kelsey? No. Okay. We'll see you next week. All right. All right.